Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. How you doing this week, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. I'm a little bit sick at the moment, so might sound a bit off on this one, but as always, the show goes on. Um, but on that, not too bad. Um, was finally able to take in a Panthers game last week, um, which super exciting. Like, I don't think I've been to a game in three years. Yeah, was the last time you went to an NHL game the Sabres? I think I've been to a Sabres game a couple of years ago. Last time I saw the Panthers, though, it was the game Barkov went between the legs against Montreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was, like, disgusting. Yeah. Um, which, you know, obviously tons of fun to see the team live. Disappointing result against Toronto, obviously. Uh, I don't know if you, you watched the game on TV or anything. Um, but w- what are your thoughts on that one falling to Toronto, which is like the worst team other than like Tampa you could lose to because just so annoying. Yeah. I, I can't remember if I actually watched it. Um, but I remember thinking you, you, you go into this game and you have no idea what to expect just because both teams are coming off a back to back. Yeah. And, you know, Toronto is at home, so that's an advantage, especially considering the Panthers were far from home. Um, no, there, there's like a decent amount of Panthers fans I saw. I saw like 10 Luongo jerseys in the crowd. That's that's awesome. So, so was that your first time at Scotiabank? No. The, so the last time I was at Scotiabank to watch a game was 2008, uh, Oilers-Leafs. <laughs> Mark Antoine Pouliot scored a penalty shot goal in a 4-2 loss. First star was Alexei Ponikarovsky. Um, Andrew Raycroft between the pipes. But um, so it's been a while. It's been about 14 years. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so how was the experience as an away fan? Did you get like I, I never know if if you're if, if Toronto fans actually are like would ever say something or if they're just kind of like no, like they're they're like pretty jokes, right? They're not, you yeah. know, you know, they're like the thing is though, like here's it. I was there with my my girlfriend at the game, and she had never been to an NHL game before, right? Mm-hmm. And I felt kind of bad that like I don't think your first NHL game, especially if you don't care at all about the Leafs, should be at Scotiabank Arena because that place is dead. Like, it, is it? Like the atmosphere is like abysmal. Like the fan, like the crowd's just not that into it, right? Right. Yeah, like they, you know how like at like uh like games they usually have like the the noiseometer on like the jumbotron, and it like progressively gets like louder. It's like the biggest joke I've ever seen. Like the crowd's not loud at all, and the noiseometer's like through the roof. And it's like, are you kidding me? But by the way, by the way, if I can just interject very quickly, the noiseometer 
is my arch enemy of like events. I I have like a that's a weird arch enemy that thing. Like, so I don't know if you knew this, but Noah Syndergaard used to pitch for the Mets. Now signed a one year contract with the Angels. Hates the wave, right? Like hates it. I'm this. I have the same passion for the freaking noise meter. It drives me nuts. It's so fake. I don't get why we do it. Just say, make some noise. Yeah. But also, <clears throat> when you have the noise meter, like, it's not even believable at Scotiabank. It just isn't. <laughs> it's like three fans spread across the entire building that are just like absolutely hammered, screaming. And everyone else is just like on their phone. And it's like, what are we doing here? <laughs> so, like, that, like, that was a bit disappointing. But, like, you expect that from Toronto, right? Right. Yeah. Like, as much as like, Toronto fans and like big market NHL teams love to be like, oh, the Panthers have no fans. It's like, I would rather be in a building with less people that are way more into the game than to be packed into Scotiabank Arena sitting in the 300s, listening to no noise because, like, that, that's what it is. Like, it's, it's, not, it's brutal. Man, I, I've never been, by the way, for our listeners. Um, so I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe one day I, it's, but based on all the reviews from non-Leafs fans, because I am not a Leafs fan, it does not seem worth it. No. If you're not a Leafs fan, right, why pay those prices to go watch? The, you don't really care. You care about the other team, not the Leafs. So you're paying a lot of money to sit in a building that's just that. And by the way, like, you are giving that money to the Leafs. Exactly. So like, to me, it's like, but like fun experience because like getting to watch the Panthers live, a lot of fun. Um, it had been a while. Team's a lot different than the last time I saw them. So cool to see them live. But like overall, and also like in terms of the game, like real, I think really sloppy from both teams, right? Like they both looked like teams that were just absolutely gassed from you know the the game before. Yeah. Um, and I think that was just kind of reflected in the game. So I wouldn't put too much stock into. I wouldn't put too much stock into a win or a loss either way. Yeah, the Panthers did not have an easy game against Ottawa. They, they were coming in and tired. Toronto had just lost to Montreal. They're hungrier, right? Yeah, like, I think I think Montreal had lost in like – or Toronto had lost to Montreal in like the last few minutes of the game. Yeah. Um, that's, that's always like a big motivating factor in my opinion. Uh, but – you know, as I said, both teams are coming off back to backs. It's not really a good. Yeah, it's, it's not, not re- a good um, baseline for what to expect from a matchup between these two teams. No, like, like I put no stock in that in, in that result. It just exactly. is like I know both those teams. I've watched them both a bunch this year. They can both play better than that, right? They can both play a lot better than that. Um, and the next game this week, going up against the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, and really the only thing I want to talk about from this game is that gorgeous hip check from Radko Gudis because it's a lost start the hip check. It was, it was flawless. It is one of the best hip checks I've ever seen. Like that's just, I, I, I'm trying to remember one that was just as perfect. There was the Marchand in the Stanley cup final. I think it was. It might have been on Sammy Salo. I was going to say, okay, we were both thinking Sammy Salo, so I'm thinking we must be on to something. Yeah, but that was a penalty because Marshawn went was way lower. He went he went below the knees. It was clipping. Yeah. Um, 
But no, the, the hit on Herbie Dock, like, is clean as you'd want. It's perfect. Radko Gudis, his dad's in the crowd that night. You gotta love it. I, it, it was, I, it's textbook Radko, too. It's what you would expect from him. Yeah, and like, frankly, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a sight to behold. I, I've seen that. I've seen the hit, like, 30 times. I've it, watched I it. Don't, it doesn't like, get, it, it doesn't get old. And it's and it's on Kirby Doc, who's a big guy, yeah. young player, really good player. Yeah. Like you're not hitting some fourth line nobody. Like this is Kirby Doc. Yeah, like it's a good player. It's an important part of the Blackhawks and their future, right? And you just absolutely lay them out like that. Fantastic stuff from that one. Um, and then obviously the game yesterday versus the Devils. Holy shit! What a game! Oh my god. We were both in the same the same headspace. We I were think. both like we were both like, oh like I can't like I can't watch this. Like it is brutal. Like they're losing that badly to the devils. Yeah. It's like I can't watch. And then you know, so you turn it off. I'm like, all right, like I just can't like I hate watching like the like a team lose. So I hate watching a loss like that where you're getting blown out to like a not great team. Exactly. Like I turned it off. It's uh, when uh I can't remember who scored the six two goal. Uh, for the Devils, I think it might have been Andreas Janssen. Um, I turned it off and I was like, man, this is fucking embarrassing. Yeah. And then I can't remember what I was doing. I think I might have been cooking or doing something in the kitchen. And I got the notification that Barkov tied it with like a minute left. I just was like, what the how? And then yeah. I turned it on and sure for OT. And sure enough, Bobby Orsling just does his thing. Yeah, setting the franchise record, by the way, in that game for most goals by different defensemen in a Panthers game. I did not know that. Oh, yeah, I know. I got all the stats for you. That's that's awesome. Four defensemen ripping goals. Yeah, the – the and the, if I can just add one point about that game, it's like, yeah, you see Bobrovsky led in six, but if you look at those goals, I think four or five of them came – directly from defensive zone turnovers yeah like directly from the panthers giving away the puck well i think the, the big thing is like this team badly misses aaron ekblad yeah like that that is so apparent right now that they need their guy back and obviously they're still picking up points uh without him which is good but that comeback man like i don't know how to describe it like we call them the comeback cats right we, they they have this knack for coming back right but you don't come back down four with 15 minutes to go. No one does. I think <laughs> since 2010, I believe teams down four goals in the going into the third period. Their record was like before yesterday. It was one 936 and two, and <laughs> and the other one was the Panthers in 2019. That's like, that's nuts. Like it just doesn't happen. It's unbelievable. Like, really and truly just an unbelievable performance. And, like, oh, I also love, too, right? There was, like, I saw one Leafs fan on Twitter, right, who, like, quote, tweeted the score after the second period and was like, but I thought, like, good teams aren't allowed to lose to bad teams, you know, because everyone always criticizes Leafs. That absolutely shredded after the game. Uh, <laughs> it was so, yeah, just absolutely like, right. They don't. Like, in – Andrew Hammond did not look like the Hamburglar last night, or I guess it was a daytime game. Um, 
But to be able to have that resiliency, to come back and score, I mean, four unanswered to tie it, five unanswered to win it, like, that's just I, – I was going to say unheard of. Like, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. I also want to talk about, like, the impact of, like, Claude Giroux because Claude Giroux didn't have a single point in that game, right? Yeah. But he won, like, 90% of his face-offs, including the one on the tying goal, right? And when you talk about yeah. Claude Giroux and what he can bring, that's a part of it. Yeah, he got the tertiary assist on that on that game-tying goal, I think, yeah. running it around. Um. Like he he's been so good. I'm really really curious to see what happens to the power play when Ekblad gets back. Yeah, um, it's been struggling because, because exactly it's been struggling. And you look at that Sharangovich third goal yesterday. It it was just not. It was like that was no, like I don't know. I think the five forward power play like a bunch of teams have tried it. No one really sticks with it, and I think the pretty like obvious reason is because it doesn't seem to work for anyone. Exactly. So I, I think that when we see Ekblad come back, is that we'll see him come back on PP1. Yeah, I, well, I think um, and we'll now. probably see... Uh, I'm trying to think. It's Giroux, Barkov, Huberto, and then Duclair? Or is it Reinhardt or Bennett? Like, so, so many, many so many options so many options but i think we see that that uh that last guy yeah. like probably get moved to the second unit just because you probably need to have ekblad back there just well to... I, I even think before ekblad gets back like, i think they shouldn't put a defenseman in there like why not mm-hmm. goose forzing or why not montour or like put someone like a defenseman out there yeah i mean Uyghur could probably make it it just it creates a calming presence on the back end yeah and it feels like forwards can kind of like, well, and, um, like, like are, are more inclined, like, I don't less safe and can create more is what I'd say. And realistically, like, I don't think like playing the point on a power play takes like that much like skill. Oh, you see if Keith Yandel could do it. Well, and we're going to talk about <laughs> Keith Yandel later, but like, to me, it's like, I don't think that's that hard of a job. Like the put it, you, whatever you, forwards play in there, it's not like worth it to have them there because like what like doesn't really add anything. You really just need to distribute the puck. And last year, I know that you love this guy um, oh. for the Kamloops Blazers was Quinn Schmeeman. Oh, Quinn Schmeeman. Quinn Schmeeman's a seventh, sixth, seventh round pick. Like he's not like like marvelous by any means, but his job last year on the Blazers is literally just to be at the point and distribute the puck. It's, I don't even think he ever shot it. No, it's distribute the puck, keep the puck in, maybe shoot it. If he got a lane, it's like, it is such a simplistic role. Like 90% of NHL defensemen could quarterback a power play and do like, and not impact the power play that much. I believe. Exactly. Exactly. And not impact it negatively. I mean, or positive. Just yeah, be one way or the other. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Fraud position in my mind, but um <laughs> But to me, yeah, the power play could use some work. Goaltending has been a little inconsistent, but they got, you know, in the next, uh, you know, the last few games of the season to kind of get that sorted out. And realistically in the playoffs, like as long as one of the one year two goalies gets hot, like just roll with them and you should be all right. Yeah. With, with Bob and Spencer Knight and Spencer Knight having that playoff experience last year too, I think is huge. 
Um, yeah, I was uh, I was talking to someone about like the Leafs are like they they always say that the Panthers outscore their opponent, right? Like that that's how they win and all that. And you look at the Leafs and that's the that that's the they're doing the same thing except they don't have goaltending whereas the Panthers are in a position where they don't need goaltending right now, but they have the assets that when they get hot, it's going to be very dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there. Um, other last thing I want to say on this game though. Nice to see Anton Lundell back. Very nice. Very nice. I think he got an assist on the Chirac goal. It was yeah. originally given to him, but then they gave it to Chirac. Yeah. No, like, like what? A, like that was an absolute scene, by the way, in front of the net. Yeah, um, wrap around and then create some traffic in front. That's how it's done. It's a vet yeah. play from a young player. Yeah. So, I mean, I so marvelous to see him back. I think he he's probably not going to win the Calder at this point. He's just he's, he's been out for, for too many games. Um, and but th- that's fine. But I'm just saying, on an 82 game pace, he would definitely like have won it. Like, there's no argument. Yeah, and, and really, like the Calder is the Calder. It's whatever. Lots of great players didn't win the Calder. McDavid never won a Calder. Crosby never won a Calder. Now, am I saying Wendell is on the same like pedigree and level as those two players? A hundred percent. Yeah. Like you can name the list. There's a nice list of young players this year in their first year who will not win the Calder who will be exceptional talents. In exactly. The, in the NHL. That's the way it goes. Lots of, lots of the, some of the best players in the league right now didn't win Calders. Exactly. That's just what it is. So I'm not a concern about that. I'm more just happy to have him back. I think his absence was like very noticeably felt right yeah, and his it's, his role changes right with the Giroux acquisition because yeah. Giroux can play center. Yeah, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how Coach Brunette, like, like moving forward, how he sets up his lines and how that's going to impact. Lots of things. Like, there's so much versatility in this lineup with guys who can play center, play wing. That like you got now, you just got like the next like you know, 10 or 15 games to kind of just sort out what's going to work best for you. Cause there are so many options at his disposal. Right. Yeah. Like Reinhardt can play center too. Giroux can play center. Right. Also just having them as like a, a center guy on the wing on a line is good for faceoffs. If a guy gets tossed, like there's so many options for, for this team. Right. Um, and they caught, you know, a little window here to kind of figure it out. But um, I think we'll now move into our ad read, and then we got a couple other things to talk about uh, at the end of the show. Um, so the NHL has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for you. For your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still have a shot to light the lamp and everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings 
Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, Noah. Two other main things going on around the league this week. Two big talking points. I'm curious to know your thoughts on both. We haven't really talked about either. We're going to start off, though, with the big one. The Iron Man himself, Keith Yandel. Health bombed last night. Streak coming to an end. Fans outraged. Some fans not outraged and been like, Keith Yandel sucks. If you had watched a minute of Flyers hockey this year, you would know that like he was lucky to be in the lineup this long. What are your thoughts on the streak coming to an end for a former Panthers legend? I'm a bit torn. I get, don't get me wrong. I get where the Flyers are coming from, from the organizational t- standpoint. It was not Mike Yo's decision. It was higher up. I, I, I force myself to understand their point of view. But... Here, here's where I'm coming from. In the offseason, when Keith, Keith Yandel was a UFA, yeah, I would say that the vast majority of hockey people knew that Keith Yandel was washed up, that he was pretty much, like, I don't want to say done, but like... Burnt toast finished, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, don't, I saw a compilation. Chuck Fletcher. Chuck like Fletcher goes out. As a, as a Panther. It was brilliant. Yeah. Chuck Fletcher goes out. He's like, fuck it. Let's sign this guy. From that moment, in my opinion, the Flyers take on the accountability for Keith Yan. It did not work out. I'm not surprised. I don't think you're surprised. I We all saw it coming. So to take away this guy's like individual prize so close to such a groundbreaking milestone seems so like just mean no i love it i absolutely love it it's kind of disrespectful in my opinion hear me i i I really like Okay, hear me out. Hear hear me out on this one. First of all, the Flyers suck, anyways. Hear me out. First of all, it's eleven games. Get them to a thousand. Sick, right? You're going to be passed by Phil Kessel for the Iron Man in like half a season, right? Inevitable, right? So enjoy your like six months, Keith, right, of having the Iron Man. Also, counterpoint. You see, Philly brought him in. Whole world knew Keith Yandel was bad. No, this team got rid of a Shane Goss despair and brought in Rasmus Ristolainen for a first round pick, then doubled down by re-signing him long term. I genuinely believe they brought Keith in Yellow because they thought he was going to help. Like I think Philly thought they were going to be good this year. Every move they made in the offseason seems like they were trying to get better and push themselves into that space in the Metro. I genuinely think they really miscalculated how bad Keith Yandel is at this stage of his career. Like he's awful. Right. Exactly. And it like, like I don't think gonna, it was like, I genuinely think like they obviously like thought he was decent still. But like, how? Well, how do you trade a first for Rasmus for still pining? Like, I, I, I honestly think that if, if Chuck Fletcher is not fired this offseason, 
there is a massive, massive problem way higher up in Philly. Oh, I think there absolutely is already. But I think that was their assessment of Keith Yandel, right? Now you bring in Keith Yandel, you've given him a contract, you're paying him money, right? As with any <laughs> job, right? When you do shit at your job, you can't expect to just keep your job, right? Like, that's just not how it works. And for Keith Yandel, a thousand games would have been nice. It's the same thing with, like, Marlow when Marlow got, like, the most games played, right? It's like, the whole point of those records to me is, like, you were healthy and good enough to play in the league that long and for that many consecutive games. Realistically, the last 200 games of Patrick Marlow's career were shit. And I argue the last, like, 200 of, like, Keith Yandel's were also pretty shit. Like, you could have scratched him so long ago if it wasn't for this streak. Like, realistically, that's my thing that they should have. He should have been scratched way longer ago. He should have probably been scratched last season. What was it? Uh, The season opener, right? That was when the the rumors were going around that he might get scratched with the Panthers. Yeah. And then everyone lost their shit. And I guess the team wanted him to play. So he played, right? Exactly. So if if you're going to be dumb, if you're the the Flyers, and there was definitely moments in the season when Keith Yandel should have been scratched. If you're going to be the Flyers and say, like, they're, they're going to go this long, how many games have they played? Like 65-ish? I, I don't fucking know. Um, if you're going to go 65 games in a season and say, we're going to keep playing you just because of that stupid streak, you're kind of committing to the process of just no, saying... I, I'm waiting to... As soon as he passed Doug Jarvis, you're in the box. You're off in the price box. Enjoy your popcorn. Seal never. Like this would have never been this big of a deal had they done it way sooner when they should have scratched him. Well, ideally, realistically, they shouldn't have signed him. Right? Yeah. Honestly. That's that's the obvious part, right? Is like, don't do that in the first place. To me, though, like I you know what argument I also hated was like people are like, oh, like no one's gonna want to sign in Philly now. Like, what message does that send to free agents? And it's like, I don't I don't know. Maybe play good or you'll be in the box. Oh my goodness. You're going to have to earn your playing time here. God forbid. What a message. Like maybe it sends the message of like this team is trying to win. I don't know. Like, no, no, that, that's a stupid argument. Like, I, hate I don't think one. I hate them. I hate I don't it. think I saw... a single player in the NHL right now thought that like, Oh my goodness. I don't want to see it's like go to Philadelphia because like they don't cater to the old veterans who are clearly not like, as good as me. Like what? I... Like maybe that'll impact. Like, like I'm trying to think. That's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, like it's <laughs> it's. Such, I don't get it, man. Like I really don't get it. It makes very little sense. But like, really, like I don't know. It, but at the end of the day, I I really don't give a shit if Keith Yandel is scratched or not. He's washed up. He's not. He's not NHL caliber anymore. No, like that's like, just the reality. So. Yeah. Also, he deserves I, to be scratched from that standpoint. And then it's like, it's like you got to figure out if your human side or if your hockey side prevails, yeah. right? Like, because the, the human nature would say, like, oh, like, oh, like, what, but like, who, at what point is it like, are we just going to let Keith Handel play forever if he's healthy enough? Like, I think we should. I think we should. It, I think just one, like, it, it goes into, like, there's a lottery at the beginning of every season. And whoever, like, whichever team, like, is the winner of that lottery has to sign Keith Yandel for the year. Like, I think and I could play him. Like, I think I could genuinely, like, be healthy enough to play him, like, 900 straight NHL games. 
but I'm just not good at hockey. So like, I won't like that should be the standard. Like you're healthy and you're good. You need to be both like the two guys he passed to get to first place on the, the Iron Man streak. Both lost their streaks because they were healthy scratches because they sucked. Yeah. Like this is we should end. Like, it, it's 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 confusing, but like because he he apparently he's a great guy. Um, what Keith Yandel? Yeah, yeah. Everyone loves Keith Yandel. Yeah, everyone loves Keith Yandel. So like, that's on probably, that probably, side is like, a big part of why Philly brought him in too. They're like, oh, he's boys with Kevin Hayes, and we pay Kevin Hayes how much? Okay, let's make him happy. He was just brought in as Kevin Hayes' personal assistant. Basically. Yeah. Um, but that that's that's like it, it sucks for the person, but for the for the sport, for the team, you go and it's like it's hard to argue against it. Yeah, like I don't know. And like as much as like I know they're playing like other like pretty shit defensemen out there too, like not a great defenseman. But if you're Philly, like you're pretty certain at this point you're not bringing Keith Yandel back next year. Let's just see what some of the other guys on your team right now are. And if you want to bring them back, like just take a look. Like, exactly. I, I mean, know. have they I signed, know. have they signed any college free agents or just I, college guys? I pay so little to attention to the Philadelphia yeah. Flyers outside exactly. of like I, I don't know, but like play someone like that, you know, like give them a chance. Yeah, like do that. Even if it's like a guy like Nick Sealer, right? And Nick Sealer is no spring chicken. He's like 29. But like as much as that's not like a prospect you're putting in there instead of Keith Yandel, it's like at least see if Nick Sealer can be like a competent third pair D for you. And if you want to re-sign him next year, because you know, you're not re-signing Keith Yandel. Just take a look. Yeah. Like it's, it I hurts think, my head. I don't like know. For, for me, the, the problem stems from them signing him in the first place. Well, yeah, just don't do that. That's that. Just don't do it. Be smart. Yeah, I know. Cause they've historically been very smart over the last like 18 months as an organization. Um, but yeah, to me, like, I don't know. Keith Daniel seems like a great guy, but like, I don't know. Do you think he gets a contract next year? No. Keeping in mind. And you say that, but like, I think the, the only reason he signed him, I think the only reason he would have gotten a contract would have been for the PR of the Ironman streak and would have been to Buffalo, Arizona or some. Or does the Ironman streak being broken, like make another team take a look of like, Hey, Keith Yandel, but we don't actually have to pull. Like if you, if you, if you sign him, right. You're like almost committing to like playing him until he gets his like streak. Right. Or gets I, the- I would, I would only sign him to a two way contract. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, that's the thing. Like if you're a team, you're like, you can sign Keith Yandel and be like, instead of being like almost like peer pressured into playing this guy every night, we can play him like 20 games a year and yeah, he can be a good guy. I don't think any, I don't think he'd take a two way contract though. A, a guy in his position, I don't think he would. I don't know. He's made a lot of money. Like exactly, he loves the sport. Be around the boys. Go down to the A. It's fantastic. The the trips. But you he, want to know what? With a character like that, like I wouldn't be surprised seeing him get into coaching. Oh, I hundred percent. I think he will. He'll. I think he'll stick around the game in some capacity. And teams will want him around yeah. their group of guys. Yeah. Based on things you hear about him, um. But on the ice, it's just like not good. No, not good at all. Do we see? So, do we see him play again for Philly this season? I hope not. I it have we is this have did we see the end of Keith Yandel's hockey career without knowing that it was Keith Yandel's hockey career? 
or do we see the like do we see the Flyers play him for the next eleven games? So he reaches a thousand, he reaches the a thousand mark, but like with that one little scratch in between, for that no that might that I would not be maybe the biggest like that, dick move, <laughs> biggest dick move that would get the attention of players around the league. Oh yeah, that that that's that's a message you could send. That's yeah. a message you could send. <laughs> that's just like a, a no reason go fuck yourself. <laughs> But like, would have been possible. Like, what if last game, like against the Leafs, like Nick Sealer had gone down? <laughs> All of a sudden, Keith was back in the mix. <sighs> but man, um, okay, one last thing this week: uh, the Troy Terry getting absolutely mucked up by Jay Beagle, and then the commentary from the Coyotes broadcast crew after Trevor Zegras ridiculous goal he scored, ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous stuff from him, and then the yeah. and then the broadcaster saying, "Well, if you're gonna skill it up, like you obviously need to expect that you're gonna be punched in the face." Um, your thoughts on this? Um, it's what I call a uh, dated opinion. Um, yeah. it's, it's not it's not a good take. It's yeah. actually, in my opinion, a bad take. <laughs> um. <laughs> um I don't. I don't even know. Like it's. It's just so clearly like Jay Beagle's in the wrong, and the commentators in the wrong. Like Jay Beagle is obviously like just frustrated that he's not the thirty pointer that he used to be. Yeah. Um. And yeah, the commentator. You've got to be more woke than that. Like just think before you talk. Sometimes I don't know. Yeah. Like I don't know. Here's the thing for me is like I understand like. First of all, yeah, like ridiculous, like take from the commentator, right? Like, but like it is part of like like that stuff kind of like it does happen in hockey, right? Historically, yeah. right? When guys skill it, and it shouldn't be that way. Like you shouldn't have guys coming to try to chop your head off just because you absolutely like embarrass them out there. It's like if you don't want to get embarrassed, be better at the sport, right? Would be a general thing, like number one. But also, I thought about it too. I was talking with John, our friend of the show, yesterday, and I was like, realistically, like if someone like scored like embarrassed me out there like that like would it like tick me off like a little bit like yeah probably and like i would probably do something but it'd be more like just like an extra little like whack on the shins like i might do like a little thing right show some frustration i'm not gonna like grab a guy and just punch his face in like jay beagle did like like i get the frustration but like that was so it was way too far like give a guy an extra shove after the whistle like you see that a lot like that's fine was was there any supplementary discipline no because i didn't see anything i don't i didn't see anything either like um and you we all saw troy terry's face afterwards i know he's on my fantasy team too it's devastating yeah it's not ideal I, i don't know i just think it's like it's a bad look for this sport it's such a bad look like like I don't want to say that fighting is a privilege, but it, it kind of is because, like, you look at fighting and it's like it's a it's a tool the players use to gain momentum, kind of get even, get yeah. momentum, right? Yeah. Like, you basically you fight for one of two reasons at this point. A is in retaliation to something that the player did. So revenge, which I think is okay. Like yeah. it, it, 
you've got to be accountable for your actions. I think that's what it teaches. Or B, you're fighting because you're trying to get the momentum. You're trying to like spark something. You're trying to tell your team to wake the fuck up. Yeah. And it's like, like, I, and I think those are fine. But if you if you start abusing that privilege and you start like pouncing on like twenty year old kids, yeah, like if sounds, JB- sounds fucked up when you put it like that. By the way, yeah, like it, stuff you have to you have to teach a lesson if you're the NHL. You have to be like, man, like you guys have this privilege that is not available in any other sport. Don't be fucking stupid. Yeah, like. If Jay Beagle comes up and gives Troy Terry a shove and Troy Terry turns around and is like, oh, you want to go and drop some hits? No issue. Troy Terry's got his gloves on and Jay Beagle is just punching He's him turtling. square in the face. Yeah. Like, that's that's a – and I, I feel like that happens, like, a little too often where you just see guys just punching while the other is just – has no interest in fighting. And then for some reason, both players get – five minutes for fighting yeah we i see it happen all the time oh yeah it, it happens constantly and it's like one guy should, sense. yeah if i go after a guy and just start like like you should get the extra pen like yeah like and, and i know that the outcome of the game at that like that's the worst part is it wasn't even like a close game at all it was five nothing yeah like jay man stop just let stop. it go let it go. And the commentator, that's just... I, I haven't seen anything from him. No. Like, it was just... it was. No, I've been waiting to see him. Yeah. yeah I've no. been so distracted on Twitter with, like, every single one of Kevin Weeks' videos. Yeah. It's just... I've just been seeing that, and then people losing their minds over Keith Yandel. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, oh, my goodness. Like, I get it. Keith Yandel was your childhood hero. Heroes get older. They get worse at their jobs. They retire. Like, and Keith Yandel should do the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, eventful week. Lots going on. Panthers are playing right now. So I think we're going to end this one so we can both get to watching that. Uh, but thank you so much to everyone tuning and listening. We'll be back next Monday with a brand new episode. And we'll see you all then. Barkov to the net, Barkov between the legs, unbelievable!